sisters, distractions, and listening. Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. In fact, we're going to be talking about listening. We'll begin with reading the text of Scripture today, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And Mary, would you like to start us off? Sure. And I'm reading from the International Children's Bible. While Jesus and his followers were traveling, Jesus went into a town. A woman named Martha let Jesus stay at her house. Martha had a sister named Mary. Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach. Martha became angry because she had so much work to do. She went in and she said, Lord, Don't you care that my sister has left me alone to do all the work? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're getting worried and upset about too many things. Only one thing is important. Mary has chosen the right thing, and it will never be taken away from her. This is one of those stories that I find very personal, illogically, because my name's in it, Mary. (laughs) But just the fact that it talks about two women, two sisters, and uh, this is a very personal story. Jesus going to the house and speaking to these women. I'm curious about a lot of things in these verses. There's a lot of things that we would like to have known what's going on that just The story just does not tell us, but there are some important things that we want to talk about this morning from the story. You know, although this is a short story, and like you said, Mary, it's very personal. It's a story that takes place in a house with daily activities, and yet there's a lot that we can learn from this story. And this story actually illustrates, I think, in a very powerful way, one of Luke's main themes in the gospel, and that's the importance of listening to God, listening and obeying God. Well, it's interesting even thinking about the context of this chapter of the Bible. This chapter, Luke chapter 10, opens with Jesus sending out his disciples. Well, he sends out 72 to go out and teach, and he explains to them they're going to go to houses And when they're welcomed into a home, then they're to go ahead and teach those people, those people of peace. And if they're not welcomed in a home, then they skip it. They don't even give it a try. It opens with this context of homes and welcome and being invited into a home to teach. And it seems to me like Mary and Martha are an example of that. I mean, Martha's house, right? It's in Martha's house. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think... Martha is actually being hospitable in opening up her home to Jesus. Hospitable, but I guess I even think it's interesting. It's Martha's house. You know, where's Martha's husband? In a culture where men were the prominent ones and about property and things like that, to just say Martha's house. I find that interesting. Again, we don't know. That's one of those things that we wish we, we knew a little more detail. I mean, 
were Martha and Mary were they unmarried sisters? We we just don't know those things. And but it's Martha's house, and she is being very hospitable, as was expected of her. Not just to Jesus, it says, and his followers. So was that going back to those seventy-two? Was that Jesus and his closest friends? Was that Jesus and a few disciples? It doesn't say. You know, this could be a small group. This could be a large group. If Martha's house was your average size Jewish house, even if it was just the 12 in Jesus, it would have been a full house. And so there was probably a lot of preparation to make, probably a lot of things that needed to be done to get to be hospitable. Typically, when you had guests over, you would wash feet. That would be an important thing. You would anoint and you would do all the preparation for Preparing a meal, eating a meal was a very important part of being hospitable. And that wasn't just nice. That that was really expected in the Jewish culture, right? I mean, that hospitality was huge to the Jewish people and, and people in that part of the world. And even now, hospitality is so important. You're bringing people into your home, your protection. So there's this is weighty, the fact that it's Martha's house and she has guests and she does have all that on her mind. But going back to the beginning of that chapter, that is tied together, not just the hospitality, but it's tied together with the teaching part of things. So in this case, you've got both. You've got Martha with the hospitality, and then you've got Jesus teaching. So all of those things that he had been telling those others, that's happening right here at this house. I'm Up until verse 4, everything seems to be going well, then then Martha becomes very angry, it says, uh, because there was a lot to do. And she was doing it by herself. And so she goes in and she actually tells Jesus what he needs to do. And I find it interesting that Martha doesn't go in and tell Mary, Mary, come in here and help me. She's She speaks to Jesus and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to do all the work? Tell her to help me. She's like, puts the, <laughs> puts the responsibility on Jesus. So she doesn't speak to Mary, doesn't seem to need to. She actually speaks to Jesus and for him to tell Mary what she ought to be doing. Well, they are sisters, you know, and as sisters have a way of loving each other completely, but sometimes disagreeing a lot. And that's happening here. I think we can understand Martha's being upset, having to do all this work. But I think what jumps out to me is Jesus's response to Martha. I think I would have expected for Jesus to say, well, yeah, Mary, you know, you need to do your part as well. But actually, Jesus tells Martha, you know, Martha, you're anxious. You're distracted by many things. What Mary has chosen is what should be chosen right now. I wouldn't have expected that kind of response from Jesus. Yeah, he doesn't... Um... This is not a discussion about who should do what work, what should be shared, helping one another. You know, he does talk about that servanthood in many other passages, and and we know that is part of the Christian life. But it almost seems like it's a, a priority of the moment. Jesus is there teaching. And in that moment, some things could be put aside, there are good things you could be doing, but but 
some things need to be put aside so you can do the most important thing, the better thing. And Mary seems to be choosing the better thing. I think that's an important point you made, Mary, because a lot of times our choices are not between what's good and not good. Sometimes our choices are between what is good and what is better. And, you know, it just depends on the circumstance. It depends on the situation, depends on the moment, depends on the context. And here, I think the emphasis is Mary's made the best choice because Jesus is teaching. And when Jesus is teaching, what should we be doing? We should be listening. That's what we should be doing. Well, and the other thing is, you know, you think about how you would spend your day with somebody you know, on a normal basis. And then how would you spend your day with that same person if you knew they were going to be dying soon? Hmm. You know, that time would be so precious. You would probably put it, th- uh, you would probably put aside a lot of things that you would normally do because that time is so precious. And in this case, we know in the bigger context, that is on Jesus's mind. He is going to be dying he, he knows about this trip to Jerusalem that he's making. He knows he'll be dying on the cross. His words are limited. His time is limited. And so those words are even more precious. So Martha is distracted, and Mary is paying attention. It reminds me when one of our sons was just a little boy, he was trying to talk to me. And I wasn't listening very closely. And he said, Dad, why do grown-ups say, uh-huh, 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 when kids are talking to them? <laughs> and that's what I was saying, because on that occasion, he was talking, but I was focused on something else. So I was just saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. See, I wasn't paying attention. I was being distracted. And I think in this story between Mary and Martha, Martha was just doing the uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. She wasn't listening carefully. She wasn't paying attention. She was being distracted, and she was being anxious about all of these things. But Jesus was there, and she needed to listen to Jesus. We know from reading in the book of John, we'll talk about this story later, we know that their brother was Lazarus, and at the time of the death of Lazarus, we know Martha had listened to Jesus. She At different times, she did really listen to Jesus because in those later conversations, she, she's declaring him to be the Son of God. She, she knows that. But in this day, in this moment, she was wrapped up in things that weren't as important. One thing I note as far as an observation about this story is that Martha speaks, but Mary is silent. Mary has no speaking words. And so Martha presumes to tell Jesus what to do, but Mary is letting Jesus tell her what to do. That's a really good point. And when we think about, you know, Martha speaking in anger, actually, and and Mary just listening to Jesus, I'm reminded of James chapter 1, verse 19, where it says, be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. It's easy to talk, but sometimes the better choice is to listen. And of course, when it's the Word of God, we need to listen. Absolutely. That busyness and distraction, sometimes that 
also means we're distracted from choosing our words carefully. I've read this and I've thought the audacity of Martha to tell Jesus what to say. That's pretty audacious. Maybe she wouldn't have done that if she had not been distracted. I don't know. They're good friends. Maybe she was just very loose with what she was saying, but Jesus doesn't let her get by with that. He does gently put her in her place. In a very loving way. There's a a time and a place for for doing, but there's a time and a place for for listening. I've been both Mary and Martha. (laughs) There are times when I listen so carefully and I put aside everything so that I have a chance, whether it's listening to a sermon or listening to things like podcasts or just reading my Bible aloud and listening to those words coming back to me. There are a lot of times I have put aside other things, but then I do know sometimes I'm Martha. I get distracted. Even in church, things can be distracting. I'm one of those people that sits on the close to the front row just because I don't want... One of those, huh? Yeah, I'm one of those. You know, you sit with me. And and I, I just like that because I'm not distracted by a lot of movement and things like that. I, I want to hear. But then, you know... There's times you need to take care of people. So it's just a, a choice. It's reading the times, reading the situation, and always thinking first of what does God say, and then everything else comes after. That's a good point. I'm just thinking, you know, when we're talking about listening and not being distracted, when we listen, we need to practice active listening and not mm. passive listening. We need to Listen, concentrating, thinking about what is said, and not just hearing, but truly listening, thinking about what is being said. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who doesn't you know, walk in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. And then verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. That is, he, he listens to the word of God actively. He's meditating, thinking about it. He's really wanting to hear, to understand, so we can go and do. Meditation, is that another word for listening in that sense? The word meditation is, I think it's the word Haggadah, which literally means to mutter under the breath. He's actually reading. When he says meditate in the law of the Lord, he's actually reading it softly, because that was the practice in the ancient world. They didn't read to themselves silently. Uh, Most reading was done in a public setting, but reading was done out loud. Even when you're alone, you read out loud. So it's muttering under the breath. You're thinking about what's being read. So, David, I find it interesting when we say that this is a matter of priority, not necessarily just good or bad. It's not bad to host people and to do all those jobs that it takes to make that happen. In fact, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. But it was also right to listen to Jesus. So this is just a matter of which is better. Although we quickly say that, I did note that when we read aloud, because I was listening, (laughs) that in the version we were reading from, it didn't say better. Some versions do and some don't. If you don't kind of compare versions of, of the Bible, translations of the Bible, you might not catch that. But this is not a matter of right and wrong. This is a better part. Right. Mary chose the better part. 
And Jesus says it will never be taken away from her. Isn't that so true? If we have a written word, if we have a Bible, that's the word of God, but actually it can go, <laughs> you know, it can burn up in a fire. Those physical papers and pages. But if we've listened to God, that goes into our hearts and we take that with us. Even if we didn't have a Bible in our hands, we are living a life that is shaped by those words that we've listened to. And that's what those words are designed to do in the first place is we need to store it in our heart, in our mind, and let it be seen in our life. So, David, in an adult Bible class, how would you bring this lesson home? How would you talk about listening and what might you do to help people grasp that? One thing I might do at the beginning of a class is ask a couple of questions about distraction. Maybe asking the question, what are some things that can be distracting to you? And let people just answer that question. I suppose anything can be a distraction. And when can being distracted be dangerous? And just let them talk about those kind of scenarios when distractions actually can be dangerous. And then go in talking about the importance of listening and paying attention and not being distracted, particularly when we're talking about the Word of God. One thing that could be good to do in an adult Bible class is to just read this text of Scripture out loud. Choose three readers, different readers, a young person, an old person, man, woman, or even a child, if there's if it's multi-generational class, and have each one read these verses. And for everybody else, just to listen, not to follow along in their own Bibles, but to close their Bibles and let each of these persons read the text. And for everyone else, just to concentrate and pay attention to what's being said or what's being read. And there's different variations of that kind of thing. You can just all have all three of them read one version or translation, or you can have them read each one read a different translation. And that's, I think that's a good thing. I think it's always good in a class when you have multiple translations because translations are, they don't always get it right and they always don't choose the better word sometimes from the original language. And so it, it's good to have three. So you can have three different translations being read and for everyone else just to listen and as best they can to pay attention, to concentrate on what's being read. And a third variation of this is to have it read like Mary and I read at the beginning of this podcast in a dramatic form where you have different parts. Choose someone to be the narrator, choose another person to be Martha, and then choose another person to be Jesus. And so when you come to those speaking parts, those people will read it. So you have a, read in more of a dramatic way. That's an idea about reading oh, the text and listening to it. That's really good. I really like that. I think as a teaching tip, as a teacher, I wouldn't want to leave that to chance. You don't know who's brought which Bible, which version. This might be one of those times you want to print this out on a paper. And so when you choose your three readers, you hand each of them that paper so you know they're reading the same thing. Making sure, you know, there's not a lot of fumbling around trying to find versions and all of that. As a teacher thinking through what that's going to be like, maybe preparing a little bit. Thank you. I like that. I will ask, David, in that discussion about distractions, because I know this comes up with children, especially older children, what about the cell phone? 
What about our mobile phones? I look at that and I think that is the biggest distraction to listening to each other and even to listening to the Word of God. I see people using their phones and Honestly, I'm tempted to do the same thing. I mean, that's right in my hand. I think of something. It's like, oh, somebody's not here at church. I'm going to text. And I'm not actually listening to the sermon. Sometimes I do. And then I stop for a minute and check my phone about something. Or it vibrates. And I think, oh, I can't leave it. I got to check it. You know, we just get so wrapped up into our cell phones. And this has actually become a social problem. How do we live life without these distractions in our hands. And I feel like that will come up in even the adult conversation. It probably will. It doesn't take a lot of imagination for me to think of Jesus speaking to me and saying, Mary, Mary, you really can turn that phone off. Like I said, this is adults, but it comes up with children a lot too. But besides that, some other things I'd like to talk about Just to get the idea of hospitality and being in someone's home, this is so relatable to children, just knowing Jesus has friends and he visits them and knowing he's having a meal at their house and that he's teaching. That's so relatable for children. So I wouldn't want to miss that opportunity. I might even have some food on the table that may be from Bible times, from those New Testament times. You know, we might have some grapes or raisins, some nuts, just different kind of foods that they might be eating at that time. And as I'm telling the story, we're having a meal together. I want them to think about priorities. So for a child, I might say, let's pretend that something was going to happen and our house would not be here tomorrow. Maybe there's a big tornado coming or, or a fire. And we were told, okay, we've got to act quickly. Choose one thing out of your room and take it with you. What would you choose? There may be a lot of discussion about that because there are a lot of good things they could choose. But I want to get them thinking about sometimes choices have to be made. And we might have to think, well, what's the most important thing? And so in doing that, Even before I teach this story, I'm having a conversation about choices, about priorities in a conversational way so that when we get to that part of the story, they can grasp that. So that's one thing I would do. There actually are a lot of things, but this is just one of those stories that I love teaching because, like I said, it's so relatable. It's set in a home. Children understand their home and what that's like. What would it be like if Jesus came to my house? What would we do? I might let the children think about what would you show him? Where would you take him in your house? Making it real, because it was real. I like that. If you're like me, when you read this story and when you listen to this story, you can really relate and it makes you think about your own life. It makes me think about my choices and how I spend my time. I hope that that kind of meditation and thinking on what Jesus said will lead you to share those same truths with children. And may God bless you as you speak into the lives of adults and children. Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free resources to help you share God's Word with children.